I'm gonna uh, not pause at all because I'll end up repeating myself even more than I already do. And uh, someone's a, a huge fraud here. So I'm just gonna go all the way through. Um, because my last experience with the police after being in court was being uh, assigned a, uh, a detective and um, she told she was basically assigned to show me on because uh, they said they'll investigate it after I was in court for a restraining order and um, I mean she said to me I tried to tell her that the people in the building harassing me were from England and I said no I'm from England um, but the people harassing me are from England and they moved in like basically on top of me after I moved in there, which was at the end of 2017. And um, she told me, uh, you can't say that where they're from because that's prejudice. But uh, she let me um, she let me uh, say whether they were male or female. So, I mean, that was a bonus. So I'll just um, try and uh, get through it all without, without stopping for too long a period. And um, I'll wind up 2006. So in the end of 2006, um, well, towards the end of the, the summer, um, something knocked me back a little bit, which is something personal. And um, I started drinking quite heavily, which was fine because um, I wanted the people who were antagonising me or who had done that stuff to me, I wanted them to think they might still be able to get me, or which was, well, get to their goal, which I think was to, for me to commit suicide. So I mean, if I think I'm drinking and whatever else, then um, they might get they might get it, um, but they weren't. But I wanted them to think that. And um, so the end of the summer to the start of October, when I left and took a few months away, um, was pretty blurry because basically a drunken mess for most of the time. And um, so I'm I wanted to I wanted to get a little messed up after everything and, uh, and I did and it accompanied what I was doing. So I um, I get towards the very end of the summer or start of September. Um, I go I'm staying in a in my in my house or in my flat prior to that, and uh, then I took a few nights out. It was the middle of it was the middle of, middle of August. And I went and stayed in the hotel down by the Blues Ground, uh, which is the Birmingham City Football Club. Um, that was uh, the club who was uh, connected to the person who uh, who called Ward, who was uh, nearly an England professional soccer player. And um, he was the person, I think the day after they chased me at the motorway, I think the, um, the police um, took him down. Arrested him and raided his uh, raided his house and everything, which wasn't far from where I lived. That's what I th um, that was what was in the papers as well, or I think it was on the news a little bit. So anyway, I went down, and stayed at the. Um, I wasn't looking for any trouble off the Zulus, who are the the football hooligan faction. Um, although I did think about that, I did think about that and them as I was leaving in October. Prior to that, I was just mostly thinking about the stuff on TV and. Um, the uh, the really dark characters that have just popped up here and there. Um, so anyway, I got back to um, I stayed at this hotel, Formula One hotel, down by um, the Blues Ground for a couple of nights. Then I moved out, and that was like three miles one way towards the city from where I lived. And then I moved three miles the other way, um, out past um, 
the M42 out towards Huckley Heath and stayed in the hotel out there. Prior to doing that, I'd written down some gibberish on um, on papers here and there. Um, just basically a lot of what I'm saying here, a few different theories here and there. Um, and then there was some other gibberish in amongst it. So I don't know whether the person who was closest to me was reading that, the person who was sharing the, the apartment I was living in, um, whether he read it, photocopied it, shared it, or it was in my bag when I was staying at a few other places. So I thought it was very possible that people could read it, photocopy it, copy it or share it. And it's going to make me look like a complete gone lunatic, a delusional gone lunatic, which I didn't care, which was absolutely fine. Um... And that was sort of the process that was working towards then staying in their motels. So I've dumbed everything down, if they've looked at it, if they have or if they haven't. Um, I've dumbed it down, and I think they're getting a look in my head, and they're not really, because I started staying at these hotels so that they'd get on their phones, and that would create a digital footprint that could always be looked at. If I ever get round to um, getting bailed out or... Um, getting um um or if people who might be looking at these people who are doing this and like i said there was like there was there was a little encouragement for me here and there oh god knows who god knows where so i was happy to try and get them to to leave a digital footprint by trying to figure out what i was doing by staying in these hotels um either side of where my apartment building was it definitely did work because um, I don't know if anyone actually ever looked over it, ever looked over it and um, and identified people who took it upon themselves to monitor me, whether they were professionals or whether they were just Mickey Mouse characters. Um, but I got to the hotel out towards Huckley Heath one morning, it's about six in the morning, and uh, someone was outside, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> So that's worked anyway. Um, so that digital footprint that by them using their phones here and there would always be there. Whether anybody would ever get to listen to the phone calls, I don't know. Whether anyone would bother, I don't know. But there's a, I mean, there's your GSP or GPS signature if you move around off towers, and then there's um, the actual link between phones between here and there. So that was there and that was done. Um, so then I straight back to Ireland for a couple of weeks and then got that kid out of my. Uh, out of my apartment um, so that was that and then I took a few months out came back for Christmas left again um, spent a week in Seoul in Korea South Korea which was I just wanted to go somewhere completely different completely foreign uh, no English spe people speaking around it was actually like the Chinese New Year so it was dead like everywhere was completely dead and uh, um, I didn't really do anything, but just uh, took a look around the city and stayed in the hotel and just uh, prepared to go back because at that point, um, at different phases, at different points through the whole thing, I'm like, when I was leaving that time in October, I was thinking about um, the thing that happened at the airport and he was connected to Birmingham City Football Club who've got a hooligan faction called the Zulus. So I was thinking about them a little bit no, that was like the overriding thought at that time. Um, then at different phases, initially I was like, uh, I was thinking about like, the IRA, 
whether they were in cahoots with MI5 or MI6 or whoever through um, the politicians like Mike McGuinness, who was a prominent politician at the time. Um, but I was thinking about the IRA and the, actually the IRA knew who you were and they were screwing with me. But looking back through it, um, they were they looked like acting, permit, acting permittedly to some extent or acting in conjunction with the people on the other side of the water. Um, it, it looks like it. I mean, like I said, I haven't been behind closed doors. I didn't knock on doors, so I can't exactly say um, how it was all organised or arranged. Um, so, but there, there was one looked like a real um, scraggly old hardliner. Who'd call a hardliner? Who was one of the people who were in like the maze prison where they did dirty protest and the hunger strikers were. One of them looked like they turned up at Hollyhead Ferryport, so I was like, oh shit, look, I mean, obviously, Jerry Adams and Mike McGuinness always denied ever being um, in the IRA, but they obviously had to have contacts to them because of uh, because they organised a ceasefire and they did decommission like days before all that happened, and that was all over the news at the time, back in October 2005. Um, so yeah, that that was over. That was to begin with. There, I was um, I was thinking about that a lot. Um, the RA actually know who you are, and they're, they're screwing with you, and they could be permitted to by the English government. Um, so that was um, that was what what I was dealing with there. Um, but then you've got to come back to the um, the English government screwing you as well, using their media services. Which brings me back to Dennis Donaldson, and I actually saw his look-alike. I took another year out in um, from April 2007 to March 2008. Um, oh, no, 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 hold on. April 2008 to March 2009. And it was in March 2009 when I was in New Zealand. Um... I saw Dennis Donaldson's lookalike in a bar laughing in New Zealand. So I was like, that was after I got the, the I got two phones and sent the messages to each other. And that's when I picked up an American admirer who was walked into a bar. Just I'm just about to come home um, after being away for a year. Um, so then I've got to go through the whole thing again. I've got to think about uh, the Zulus, the IRI, the British government, whatever else. And uh, he walked into a bar. It's like my last night in New York. And he walked into a bar and uh, he said, uh, I'm going to kill Barry. So this is my last night. I'm going to go back to all this. And I've had a, people screwing with me a little bit while I'm away. And uh, then, um, yeah, then I, I'll just call him Frumpy because I'll have to, yeah, I'll just call him Frumpy. So then I picked up Frumpy. He walked into a bar, told me he was going to kill people. I gave him an ass's bite on his leg and I uh, rubbed his head a little bit. And uh, then two people come, broke it up in the bar or whatever, but um, 
that's my last night I'm going on and he started telling me he's going to kill people I was like you prick so that's frumpy so frumpy that's where I met frumpy and Frumpy turned up again seven months later after I'd been to my local doctor. So I got back from traveling after a year, so I didn't appreciate, I was 26, I think, 27, something like that. I didn't appreciate nutrition and food, and um, so I got back. I wasn't in great health. Um, I went to my doctor, I went to my GP, um, where I went to as a child. He wasn't my doctor as a child, but I went there as a child to that surgery and he wasn't there one week and um, a fill-in doctor provided something which made my symptoms worse and then a couple of weeks later he was back and he said oh she shouldn't have given you that and then he gave me antibiotics and um, it was really easy to get a refill when they weren't working so it was just poor health it was more um bad skin condition um, and uh, a blood, blood flow and a lack of vitamin C and I was smoking I mean he didn't even recommend I stop smoking but not that he should I mean I know I shouldn't smoke anyway um, so it was down to poor health and um, he provided antibiotics and um, I didn't appreciate the time how bad antibiotics were but I appreciate it a few years later when I went to America and um, the stress of being undocumented for a long period of time. I think the stress of that added up and um, I got a yeast infection. So as I figured out what I had, uh, I figured out how to get around it because there was an incident with the doctors in the hospital in Boston. Um, I realized years down the line that how bad those antibiotics uh, were because they actually caused um, candidiasis. So just after the doctor prescribed them, uh, Frumpy, he, um, he took a walk past half a mile from where I grew up. Um, so Frumpy must be, a, 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 I don't know, the player of the decade or something. I mean, that's like, uh, that's not dirty. Whether Frumpy encouraged the um, the NHS in England to give me those antibiotics, I don't know. So then, who's in cahoots with who or whatever? Um, it's just more immoral behaviour. After stopping taking the antibiotics, um, after about two weeks, I went to... Um, I was not working then because of the recession. So I didn't work for nearly six months and then I started working back and one thing led to another I was working down in Oxford on a building at Oxford University for a long time nearly over 18 months at one point um, I think David Beckham drove past me in a car pretty sure that was him again then this was 2010 and then in 2011 I went to America and I was really really gonna stick it out this time straight back to straight to Philadelphia for six months and then up to Boston and after one year that's when um, 
the lack of nutrition in the food but i didn't, I didn't know the difference between whole foods and uh, stop and shop or the other places um so then i found out the difference when it started really having an effect on me and i was partly due to um taking uh, protein i bought some protein out of gnc because the work was hard and um I don't know, it goes to the gym, so I mean, it's not unusual for anybody to take um, protein. But I think a combination of the protein, because then I couldn't take protein afterwards. A combination of the protein, the nutrition, probably too much coffee. And um, then it all um, all brought about uh, candidiasis. So I went to the hospital when it ripped one day, it just made me feel weak as a kitten, and um, it was really getting a hold of me. I went to the hospital. Thank God they gave me an IV drip when I went into Tufts Medical. I'll say that. I mean, thank God I gave them an IV drip because uh, um, that kept me, um, just kept me in check. But just kept my head, so, um, metaphorically speaking, kept my head above water. So I could have, it probably gave me six weeks of grace, I think. And allow me to figure out exactly what it is because I got basically thrown out of that. Well, not thrown out of the hospital. I saw a doctor and they took a scan, and um, no one could tell me what it was. I went for more blood tests when I got a job in New York, and nobody could tell me what it was. Nothing was showing up, and then found out afterwards it's not something to diagnose because they know it's because of overuse of antibiotics. So, what I'm saying at this point is um, that doctor in 2009 prescribed me antibiotics when he really really shouldn't have and uh, like I said it was easy to get a refill they didn't even have to see the doctor it was uh, all waiting for me at the desk when they weren't working so that led to uh, candied albicans which you never really quite get rid of but it's manageable so just before I went to hospital or just after I think I saw Frumpy um, walking onto the job I think it was him, someone that looked like him, walking onto the job one afternoon we were walking off. Can't be sure if that was him. Looked very similar. And then Frumpy turned up. I think it was him. Again, when I was working on a scaffold in a Greek Orthodox church somewhere um, in one of the suburbs in Boston. And he was like, somebody saying, oh, not at all. I don't think they wanted me to go up on the scaffold, but I mean... I was in Philadelphia, 70 feet high, on a plank, working through scaffold, scaling scaffold like a like a freaking orangutan, and um, didn't see Frumpy turn up then where that was twice as dangerous because the scaffold at the Greek Orthodox Church was built professionally, whereas in Philadelphia, which is the way it is, it's just tradition, you throw it up and you get it done. Um, so I think that was him at the Greek Orthodox Church. Then it was definitely him a few years later um, when I was cycling around South Boston. That was definitely him. That was him then. But at Tufts Medical, when I went in there, the nurse actually said, when I got there, she gave me the IV and she said, I better give you this before he gets there. So then some person walked in who's a, a nurse or a doctor and he was uh you get nothing get out of you and um i didn't actually get 
told what it was. Although, if Frumpy was involved in the UK in the prescription of those antibiotics, um, and I am harassed constantly, these people could die just in the in the street. They could actually just have someone walk past me and tell me what it was. Well, but why are they going to do that when they're um, when they're, um, they're the ones that caused it? So, but I'm saying that I'm kind of thinking out loud. Someone, even the people that got uh, this crazy to and fro thing, someone could have said what it was. But at the end of it, it was better for me to figure out exactly what it was because at the start, at the start and backtrack from the symptoms it causes as to why it's causing them symptoms and how you remedy them symptoms and then how you get over it. So in between that time, um, just after the Greek Orthodox Church, I'm working in West Westwood. And it's Monday, it's the day of the Boston Marathon. And... It's one hour before the Boston Marathon bombing and I see these stars in my face again. So um, you might figure out where this is going now, but I gotta backtrack um, back to 2005. So 2005, I said it's all these stars. I was saying it to my friend when I was um, in Philadelphia that morning. After all that strange goings on, and it's not going to mean anything then. It still took a, a bit of time after that. But um, I see these stars in my um, in front of me as I'm walking around. As I saw them over the years, I tried to look away, and I look away, and they're they're still there in front of me. Um. So that morning, so then, later that day, um, uh, 24 hours later, there was a huge terrorist attack in, jo in Jordan. Uh, it was like all over the news, it was one of the biggest ones at the time. Um, been one of the biggest ones in a long time on a hotel. Um, so I'm not quite connecting that there then, but I had to because straight away after that, um, I start seeing ghosts uh, non-stop which is why that kind of kind of uh, stayed with me and um, that's uh, that's why I'd never forget it I didn't see the stars again then for five years yeah it was five years before I saw them again but that period in time every night I'd see ghosts um, for four or five months solid and then not so much just occasionally I'd, uh, I'd see ghosts the other thing that happened that night when I got home um, and I fell asleep after being on the plane after uh, after all the carries on and meeting that marine and everything um, this this noise went through my head 
this noise like a, a chainsaw going through your head as I fell asleep, like your brain overload. And uh, I remember vividly the news and the terrorist attack in Jordan. I mean, that I suppose I was interested in it. Well, it, for some reason, it always, always, always stayed with me. Um, it was all over the news. And Jon Snow, I remember he was on TV, on Channel 4 News, where I was watching it. And he said the, the world is shaking, but they were like shaking the camera as well as they were doing it. So it was, it was pretty, pretty big at the time. So then I go back to the first time I saw a ghost, which was um, when I got to the bottom of this staircase. And that was in April the year before. And then in between that, um, there was the, um, the bombing in London. Um, which uh, at that point, I'll be really, really honest at that point. Um, I mean, I'd worked in London before, I like London been around London a few times but as with any of it until it came to the Boston bomb really um, you never uh, if it doesn't really affect you it's pretty easy to um, carry on and carry on about your life is normal it's like it's a few days people talk about it in the pub or you talk about it a little bit to your friends or whatever and um, 48 hours later, anyway, where's the beer? You're going for a point. <laughs> and then you're talking about some some stupid stuff, soft shit. <laughs> but that was the first one, and then I didn't see it for five years. And then I saw it again when I was working at Oxford University. And um, there was a... 24 hours later, it was on the radio, there was a bomb attack in Russia. And there is quite a few in Russia, but this one made the radio at a train station. I always thought it was December when I, I looked back, but uh, when I checked it out on the internet, it was in um, it was in January, from what I recall now. It was in January. And I saw the stars 24 hours before that, and the people that did that were from Dagestan. And I didn't see him again till the Boston bombing and the people that did that were from Dagestan as well. Prior to prior to um to all that, I'd always looked at that occasionally on the internet in and around my travels where I'd uh, load up my uh, email address and um I checked that out a few times, that, that bomb in um, in Jordan. They actually had the, one of the bombs didn't explode and the woman was in custody for um, 10 years until they, uh, until they hung her. I think she was a sister of somebody and her vest didn't explode whereas the other person's did. Then I jumped forward to the um, the next time I saw them, which was 18 hours before Charlie Hebdo, and I checked out the time difference and whatever else, it was near enough exactly 18 hours before Charlie Hebdo, which was at the start of 2015.
So at this point, after that, I was really sure that I see these stars before a, a terrorist attack. So I didn't waste any time in in trying to tell somebody about it. And this leads to who do you who do you tell that to without being a, a whack job? Bear in mind, I did actually spend a couple of weeks in hospital and um, had abused alcohol, probably severely on two occasions, which was the end of 2006, or the, the end of the summer of 2006, and then again, the um, the last few weeks of my time in New Zealand, when I saw Donaldson's lookalike. So at this point, I get to Charlie Hebdo, and I've been undocumented in America for um, three and a half years. I think it was three and a half years at that point. 